Hello, and welcome to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities. I'm your host, Sean Creighton. In my current role as NACU president, I have the honor of working with an amazing group of independent colleges and universities. I'm a huge admirer of their approach to teaching and learning. They provide an integrated, liberal, professional, and civic education. As a result, the NACU campuses graduate extraordinary professionals for a global workforce and society. Also, their campuses are beautiful. About our podcast, we will focus on topics related to higher education. We will bring in guests that wrestle with current and future challenges. They'll include college presidents, provosts, professors, researchers, authors, disruptors, reporters, strategists, and maybe even a futurist or two. They'll help us expand our window into the world of higher ed. Thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. On today's episode, we will speak with Bob Bowman about the subject of risk management in returning to work. Bob lives, breathes, speaks, eats, dreams about risk management, something that most people don't think about in their daily life, let alone their profession. Bob is the Director of Risk Management for the Wendy's Corporation, headquartered in Dublin, Ohio. As higher education prepares to reopen, I thought we'd ask Bob a few questions and get his corporate perspective on managing the risk of returning to campus. Bob, thank you for being our guest. Thanks very much for having me, Sean. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, for, you know, risk management. We don't always get to talk about that, and most people don't really think much about it. Um, but you, this is what you do and have been doing it. And so maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your role and what led you to this kind of work. Absolutely. Thanks very much. And we should probably start off by being honest. Not many people want to talk about <laughs> risk management. But for me, uh, it is my passion. It is my uh, my line of work and my career. Um, but I oversee risk management for Wendy's, the hamburger company, the restaurant company, right, if you will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my role with Wendy's includes some things that might be familiar to, to some people, such as buying insurance and addressing various types of claims for damage or injury or those types of things. And then there are many things that are probably less familiar to folks, such as things like enterprise risk management, business continuity planning, and crisis management. I started in the insurance industry uh, in a claims department, uh, and then I actually spent about 20 years with Macy's in their risk management department before I had the opportunity to join Wendy's. I like to say that risk is about uncertainty, and risk management, if done well, is about reducing uncertainty and increasing the likelihood of a desired or intended result. And and that's simply put, pretty much it. You know, the word uncertainty and unprecedented are probably the two most used words in our recent times here. And uh, let's jump right into this. You know, I'm interested to hear what you would say um, to college leaders as they prepare to uh, return to work, to reopen campus, and return to some sense of normalcy. Yeah, and that word normalcy um, isn't that abnormal at the (laughs) moment, and maybe for some time to come. As we consider plans to reopen, and and there are various stages and types of plans, 
and reopening takes on different forms for you know any industry and every industry and business, et cetera, et cetera. So there are certainly differences, but I absolutely think that it's important fundamentally to understand the perceptions of each of your relevant constituencies, stakeholders, population groups. Um, you know, maybe in the college setting, that would mean students, faculty, staff, mm-hmm. parents, contractors, visitors to campuses, if that's a part of the equation. Those all represent perspectives that you need to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm certain the collective voices from those perspectives will bring both consistency and some common themes as well as some interesting and really challenging variation. You know, in addition to ensuring that you understand the perspectives and perceptions of those who are a part of your your organization or the environment that you're a part of, I think this is really a time to network and to avail yourselves of the perspectives and the experience of others in your industry, whatever your industry may be, as well as those in other parallel or related industries, and to really utilize the wisdom, the combination of their knowledge, their experience in some cases, from them to help you make informed decisions. You know, while this is an incredibly challenging time of unprecedented uncertainty, it's not entirely unknown. And and that's really where I think the value of networking to identify potential solutions is incredible. There are likely counterparts, businesses, industries, decision makers who have absolutely already considered many of the same variables that you, whoever you are, are attempting to address. Uh, They've formed and created bodies of knowledge, practical experience, um, and and really combine those to understand, to adapt, to refine. They may, frankly, be ahead of where you are. You may be ahead of them in other areas, but there's consistency in the range of reasonable responses. Mm. You absolutely don't have to make decisions alone. And you can elect to inform and enhance your decisions with the experience of others. Um, You know, there are some industries that never closed. Uh, Some are already reopened and some share similarities with you, even if they're not identical. And I think it really seems important to understand and accept that this is and will be a process. Uh, You can't make all the decisions at once. You can't identify the perfect solution. This is and will be about resilience your ability to respond, to adapt, to bounce back, but to bounce back along the way as you make incremental progress, as you experience incremental setbacks, make the first decisions first and make them as informed decisions, which will help you to make them well. And then you're in a position to move forward. Yeah, I mean, today I really wanted to have you on here because you are coming from the corporate perspective in a different industry. But I, as you said, we, you know, we can learn from so many across the industries and because we're all dealing with similar situations. I guess, you know, in terms of collecting all these perspectives, I imagine as you talk to all the different audiences, there's going to be some conflicts across those perspectives. You know, what would be your advice in kind of managing the conflicts that may arise? That is, in some ways, the essence of the uncertainty thing. 
um, we are all generally accustomed to some level of certainty in with whatever it is that we do. And that for most, if not all of us to varying degrees, has been completely upended. So this thoughtfulness and this gathering of perspectives, we have to understand what this uncertainty looks like and and feels like, not only for us, but for all of those who are a part of the uncertainty that we're trying to make or create more certainty of around and about. From a valid and legitimate perspective, one of the things that's been very enlightening for me as as we've done much of, of what I'm talking about is the valuable perspectives are all different than mine in some ways. The valuable perspectives identify blind spots in my own thinking, mm-hmm. identify considerations that I hadn't thought about, and, and with this particular situation, really identify anxieties, sensitivities, and the areas of importance to others that just may not be a part of my own personal experience or my own personal professional areas of competency. So I've got to rely on others. I'm not making a decision that's just going to affect me. I'm not making a decision in the midst of uncertainty that is all of a sudden going to make things entirely certain. I am going to, with a group of constituents, shareholders, stakeholders, students, you know, whatever those around me and a part of my environment are, we're not going to return to or step onto the old normal or the new normal just like that. Yeah. We're going to collectively work our way there. And, and that's where I really think the importance of, well, if we're taking a collective journey together, we should probably all have a collective understanding of where we are now, and that's going to differ, and how we're going to take our first step forward, which will equip us for our next step, and so on and so forth, toward whatever our ultimate goal may be, if we know that ultimate goal today. And for many of us, we won't. We don't know what the new normal that will be established somewhere over the horizon is going to look like. You know, it's not a matter of putting our finger on that destination and say, the challenge here is to get from here to there. The challenge for us today is to take steps in the right direction that will move us toward there, there being a place that we don't necessarily have the ability to understand at this particular moment. I mean, are you seeing any new practices or thinking in the area of risk management as we move towards reopening that are emerging and maybe emerging from this, this very unique experience that we're in? Yeah, you know, I really am. And I, and I think this goes towards sort of that, so how do we make the right decisions uh, in these return-to-work situations? And, you know, there I think some of the, the things that we've discovered, the things that have been enlightening first, and this isn't going to be surprising at all, but I think it's a good starting point. We've got to be thoughtful. And we probably have to be more thoughtful than we've been in the past. Familiarity probably causes us to be less thoughtful in some situations. 
Um, in this situation, we've got to be very thoughtful. We have to be informed. We have to find and consider valuable information and perspectives beyond our own. Um, you know, I think in this particular case, some of the areas that, you know, we've got to consider science. We've got to consider the medical perspective. We have to consider data. Um, we have to seek facts, but we're seeking facts as they're developing, and we're seeking facts in the midst of a lot of things that aren't facts. Importantly, and very importantly, you know, we have to consider that, you know, response to the prior question, perception. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's consumers, customers, students, again, employees, others, you know, we're in the midst of change that is so significant that perception, sensitivity, legitimate concerns really span a broad spectrum, but to some extent, they're going to stay or remain closer to where they are than where we used to be. Relative reality for many of us is both uncertain right now and inconsistent with whatever our relative reality was. So in some ways, I think we're sitting right in the middle of a risk management case study, if you will. Mm -hmm. and, and this is really risk management at or in its infancy, when uncertainty, variation, as you mentioned, differences in opinion, perspective, knowledge, very widely. You know, this is where the principles of risk management assist us and can be applied to identify trends, to illustrate themes, and to assist us with further research and analysis relative to the relevant variables in order that we can begin to narrow options, narrow approaches to those that can accommodate the necessary perceptions while ensuring safety, while moving us toward the desired outcome, and while reducing that which is beyond or outside of the parameters that we've established as where we want to be desired or desirable, if you will. You know, that's really what we're in the midst of right now. You know, as we slowly reopen and, and we assess every day and all the, everything you just recommended, taking data and science and, and perspective into our assessment and continuously respond to risks that may be emerging during this reopening, you know, what advice would you give to, again, college leaders or decision makers in terms of continuous assessment and response? Sean, you've just given the appropriate advice, <laughs> the word continuous. You know, many of us have grown accustomed to the assessment, whatever the assessment is, being a one-time or occurring on a standard cadence and in some ways being a bit more static than it is dynamic. Well, right now, we are absolutely in the midst of assessment that is required, whether we desire it to be or not, that assessment is required to be dynamic. It's required to be ongoing. And it's required to be an assessment that admittedly is imperfect. We're assessing today relative to first steps. We're assessing today relative to next steps. 
we're assessing tomorrow when the body of knowledge is a bit more galvanized relative to where we may be in the midterm. But you'll notice that I've not said we're assessing today for where we know what we need to be 10 years from now. Frankly, there are, are or maybe too many variables in play right now to put our finger on exactly what or where that will be, and probably more importantly, what the journey may look like between us and that or now and then. So I think that's where we have to accept that the assessment and the adaptation is going to have to be dynamic. I think the thing that we're really shooting for now is a firm foundation. Mm -hmm. If we can make reasonable decisions now, prudent decisions now, wise decisions now, then we give ourselves firm footing for the adaptation, the refinement, the checking and adjusting, the course correction that will inevitably need to take place for all of us as we collectively move forward. Well, Bob, you know, I have a million questions for you, but also I want to be respectful of your time, and I appreciate you sharing your expertise. Uh, as we wrap up here, it sounds like the playbook for risk management is being rewritten in, in this scenario. Is there any final word, you know, you know for our, our listeners today? I think we are writing the, or rewriting the risk management playbook. From a risk management perspective, I think the message may be, boy, doesn't this illustrate for us that risk is not and risk management is not and should not and really cannot be a siloed exercise or a siloed function. In fact, this particular example demonstrates for us that what started out as a health crisis quickly became an economic crisis and now it's a crisis that looks like an octopus that spans nearly every business, nearly every function within every business, and nearly every aspect of what we do in some way. Resilience is what allows us to adapt to those things. And as businesses, whatever form that takes on for us, resilience is so important. It's not our ability to get it perfect. It's our ability to respond, adapt, and bounce back, whether that's bouncing back in the midst of, whether that's bouncing back along the way as we check and adjust, or whether that's bouncing back when we face a challenge down the road. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're all living in a time when we can attest individually, those of us who aren't risk management practitioners, we can all attest to, you know, a lot of these risks seem to have a relationship to one another. We've all stood and watched the dominoes fall collectively and progressively. We've all watched a risk cascade event. It started there. It now involves that. It also involves this. It also involves something else. We never envisioned that all of those things would happen or could happen simultaneously or that they had a relationship to one another. We've all lived that now. And that really for us is, I think, the go-forward message. We can't lose sight of that as we begin to adapt, readapt, reestablish, and strive for what will become the norm. 
Well, I'm going to follow up with you offline, and maybe there's some resources you could share, and we could post those along with the podcast, some practical resources for people as they think through the reopening. And again, Bob, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for being our guest on the NACU podcast. Thank you very much, Sean. I really enjoyed the time with you today and the opportunity. Thanks for being here for Connect, Collaborate, Champion, a podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities. This podcast is made possible thanks to our partner, public radio station 91.3 WYSO in Yale Springs, Ohio. Thank you, YSO. The New American Colleges and Universities connects our campuses to collaborate in the delivery of innovative ideas and to champion the belief that a comprehensive, liberal, professional, and civic education is essential to the future of our world. To learn more about our amazing campuses, visit nacu.edu, N-A-C-U dot E-D-U. See you soon.